0: Hello, and welcome to the ninth episode of the Frontiers of Space Medicine. Your host is Dr. Misa. Just as a brief introduction, I am a medical doctor licensed in both the U.S. and Japan. My specialty is internal medicine, particularly geriatrics and palliative care. In this podcast, I'll be introducing you to some of the research findings in the field of space medicine. If you have any questions or comments, please reach out via our survey, listed in the description section of the podcast, or tweet with a hashtag Front Space Med, #frontspacemed, In today's episode, I am going to go over an article published in January 2022 in Nature Medicine by Gun- Guy Trundell from University of Ottawa in Canada, titled hemolysis contributes to anemia during long-duration spaceflight. In episode 8, we discussed about the eye changes in space called SANS and how increased cere- cerebral blood flow and anemia occurred in to all astronauts independently of SANS. Anemia has been long noted since the first space missions in the 1960s, but its mechanisms have been unclear. Before we go over the study, let's review anemia and its causes and how it impacts us. Anemia is one of the most common medical problems that you may also be familiar with. Anemia is defined as the reduced number of red blood cells and we usually use hemoglobin concentration to assess for anemia. Generally, We would say you are anemic if your hemoglobin is less than 13 for men and 12 for women. A few more words that I would like to introduce are reticulocyte, EPO or erosopoietin, and reticulocytes are the baby red blood cells, and if reticulocyte is increased, it means that the body is working hard to produce more new red blood cells. EPO or erythropoietin is a hormone that is made in kidneys and promotes red blood cell production in the bone marrow. So why is anemia so important? Think of red blood cells as the delivery men of oxygen. They carry oxygen all over our body, so if we have less red blood cells, our organs and muscles do not have enough oxygen causing us to feel tired and short of breath even with very little exercise. Preventing space anemia is important since it will be a big problem if our astronauts are too tired to do any operations once they land on the moon or Mars. So what causes anemia? There are many many causes and mechanisms, so I will just briefly introduce the overall categories. One is blood loss. And another is having a condition where you cannot absorb the nutrients needed to make blood, such as iron or certain vitamins, or being simply malnourished can cause anemia. Another is hemolysis, where blood cells are prematurely destroyed, and this could happen from many reasons including infection, immune-related, or medication-related. Another is bone marrow, malf- bone marrow malfunction, or suppression, where the factory of blood cells, which is the bone marrow, is not working. And this could happen from diseases like leukemia or caused by medications as well. Another cause of anemia is kidney, d- kidney disease because kidney co- makes e- EPO, or the erosopoietin, so kidney disease leads to lack of EPO. The last one last cause is something called anemia of chronic disease or anemia of inflammation, where systemic illnesses such as cancer or chronic autoimmune di- diseases cause anemia. So getting back to the study, in this study, fourteen astronauts who were on six months of mission on the International Space Station were recruited and they checked exhaled. Carbon monoxide, among other blood tests such as hemoglobin, iron, reticulocytes, and EPO, before the flight and four times during the flight and one year post flight. The results showed that there was an increased level of products of hemoglobin degradation, namely exhaled carbon monoxide and iron. Were elevated throughout the six-month mission and these levels were still elevated one year after landing. So the bottom line is that there was a hemolysis happening while astronauts were in space and mild hemolysis persisted even after returning to Earth for one year. I want to pause here and give a quick explanation on carbon monoxide. Although we do not routinely use carbon monoxide as a marker for hemolysis, carbon monoxide actually is something that is released when hemoglobin breaks down. So it's actually a precise and direct marker of hemolysis. I read a few recent articles regarding end title carbon monoxide manage- measurements as a non-invasive and quick bedside method of evaluating for hemolysis. So, if we built a good carbon monoxide measurement device for space travelers, this technology could most definitely be re-imported and be utilized here on Earth as well. Going back to the study, the researchers have found that hemolysis is the major contributor to space anemia. Exhaled carbon monoxide was 54% higher than baseline, and it remained 30% higher for up to a year upon return to Earth. Additionally, reticulocytes, the baby red blood cells, also remained 16% higher for that duration. We still don't know why and how hemolysis happened in space. There are many hypotheses, including mitochondrial stress or globin gene modification, but one interesting thing to note is that hemolysis and unexplained anemia is also prevalent in our elderly patients, especially those who are bed-bound. The similarity between these patients and astronauts is the decrease in skeletal stimulation and decreased time standing against gravity. So investigating mechanism of space hemolysis may lead to solving the mysterious anemia in our elderly population here on Earth as well. To conclude, this study found that the spaceflight is associated with persistently increased levels of hemoglobin breakdown, indicating continued he- hemolysis throughout the long-duration mission and even one year after landing. This study revealed that hemolysis is the most likely major cause of space anemia, and hemolysis should be monitored for all space travelers in the future. This concludes today's podcast. Thank you for listening and see you next time!